Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. You're listening to episode number 239, and this is our complete recap of the Bears' fourth open practice of training camp, July 26, as we're exactly one week away from the Hall of Fame game. I'm your host, Wildewitt, and I am changing things up for this report. Even though I was the only Bears brother in attendance, I wanted to bring another voice on the show. That way, you don't have to listen to another one of my monologues like you did at the end last week. So to help me recap today's practice, I have Andrew Link from Windy City Gridiron. You can find him at Twitter at BearsLink82. And Andrew, my man, how goes it? Goes good, man. I, I can't believe that you guys have done over 200 of these podcasts. I've done like 25, and I'm like, man, that, that feels like a lot. But yeah, you guys are in the 200s. That is, that's putting in some work. Yeah, it is. I think at this time last year, we were just about at 100. So over 100 episodes in one year. So yes, wow. definitely wow. putting in some work. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, today was a fun day at training camp. It was nice getting to talk to you in person for a little bit. You got to meet my son. I brought my son, AJ, today to practice. He got himself a very nice orange Trubisky jersey that is going to last him for years to come. So he was very excited to be there. He didn't get to meet Mitch. But, uh, no, he had a great time talking to all the Bears fans. He kind of stole the show in the section I was sitting in. But, uh, Andrew, you had a great view today. Uh, how did you get that view? Did you hustle as much as I anticipate you did? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it was, you know, just kind of kind of one of those deals where, I mean, you know, you, you kind of were, were sitting with me in line and, you know, I get there pretty early. So, um, you know, and I know that, that you stopped and, and grabbed that jersey for AJ before walking in because uh, you, you walk through the, the gift shop on your way into camp. So I think had I stopped, you know, I probably wouldn't have probably wouldn't have been sitting there. But, you know, it's it's just one of those deals where I got long legs. I walk fast and. <laughs> I get my spot, you know. <laughs> that worked out really well because the yeah. reason I was asking about your spot is I want to know your highlight of today. What was like the highlight play? You had, like I said, a great view. So out of all the plays we saw today, which one sticks out the most? There was there was really like three plays that stuck out, but I'm just going to say that there was a, a corner route to Adam Shaheen from, from Mitch Trubisky. It was just a perfect ball, perfect catch. You know, from where I was sitting, it looked like he kept his feet in bounds. It was just hard to tell from there. But man, I mean, that it doesn't get better than that as far as a football play. Just watching it and the timing of it, every every piece of it was just was just perfect. And and I think that's what we're going to see a lot of this year, especially in the red zone, is is going up going up high to Adam Shaheen. And you know, I think he had uh, DeAndre Houston Carson. I think is who was was. Yeah. Um, 
was on him on that play. But, you know, so he's going to have a height advantage over any defensive back in the NFL. So Trubisky puts it up like that. Adam Sheen's going to win that 100 times out of 100. Yeah, no, that was a, like you said, that was a really, that was a great play. Uh, Shaheen, really strong hands to haul that one in. And you said both feet are in. I believe you. I mean, if I remember correctly, the referee that was sitting at the sideline, he put both hands up in the air. So it's a touchdown in my book. But, Andrew, I want to flip it. What was perhaps like the biggest disappointment of the day to you? It doesn't need to be a specific play, but just like a trend in general. I'm going to say that I, I think the offense was pretty lackluster today overall. Um, you know, Trubisky has, has been a little up and down in camp, and I think part of that is a you know installing a new offense. There's a lot that they're processing. You're seeing new plays every single you know time that you go to camp. But I think part of that as well is the fact that they're rotating so many different skill position players in with the first team so that they can all get reps with Trubisky and mm-hmm. all get reps with, with the ones. And, you know, it's just the continuity and the timing just isn't really there. And you saw a lot today of, of confusion where players weren't getting lined up correctly. And I want to say at least four times, you know, Nagy kind of had to either pull guys aside and, and rehuddle them up or, you know, Trubisky had to go over and move a guy and it was kind of just you're like okay you know uh, this is the growing pains that you're going to get with a new offense so and and Trubisky was a little bit off today but I think overall he's looked pretty good and you can tell he's trying to process all of his reads on most of the plays so when you see him go make his first read hit his back foot fire timing's good accuracy's good play looks great and when you see him sometimes, and you, you can see him purposely going through all of his progressions to get used to it, uh, which is something that I think that he's being coached to do. Sometimes it doesn't look as sharp, and especially in team drills when there is a pass rush and he starts getting you know flushed out of the pocket or there's you know a full complement of defenders out there. I mean, let's face it, Vic Fangio is not going to make it easy on him, and, and I'm glad that, that he's not. So that that's the one thing that kind of – you know, it was a little bit of a bummer today as I think that the overall the offense just didn't quite have the same zip to it that I saw, you know, before pads came on on last Saturday. Yeah, that's like kind of like exactly what I was thinking because like, you know, you were there on Saturday. I was there throughout the majority, well, actually the entire weekend through Monday. And I was assuming after a couple of days off and we come back and the offense would just be a little bit more clean, a little bit more crisp. But it kind of seemed to have the opposite of effect, which, again, uh, there's going to be ups and downs. It's not going to be a steady growth or decline one way or the other. But uh, you're talking about Shaheen's play, which happened in the red zone. I want to kind of hit on the offense's uh, goal line work today because, for me, that one was one of the most interesting. It seemed like their goal line, uh, their plays, uh, the creativity they would use with either uh, using the RPOs, the jet sweeps, the misdirection down there was kind of giving the defense fits. And for the most part, I think the goal line is where the offense you know, looked the most proficient today, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I, I didn't have the best angle of, of you know, what Trubisky was doing from, from where I was sitting on the ground level there, I was kind of blocked by all the players that are lined up along the sideline mm, and then the yeah. coaches that are there beyond them. So when I saw the, the Shaheen pass, that was in the clearing um, beyond those guys in the corner. And then there was another play where Javon Wims caught a, uh, a pass between double coverage from, from Chase Daniel that was just 
just perfect. Went up and got it just like he did at Georgia. So that was nice to see. But yeah, I, I, you know, it looked like there was a lot of cheering. There was a lot of scoring going on. I just couldn't see all of it. So, you know, as far as the, the, you know, red zone area is concerned, unless I saw the, the very end of the outcome of the play, I didn't really see what was going on and what kind of plays they were running. I saw more of the between the top, between the 20 stuff. I hear. I'll definitely, I'll give you an example or two examples of things I really liked what I saw down there because I was perched up high and uh, even though the canopy was in my way, I was able to kind of sneak this one in. Uh, two places stick out, which is, I believe, nearly the same play, but it just was ran differently with an RPO. Uh, one was uh, Miller going to jet sweep motion uh, from right to left, and they would uh, fake the handoff to him the first time, and then the whole defense bit like Trubisky, he rid out that fake for quite a while. And once they did that, Jordan Howard leaked out to the right flat wide open for a touchdown. It was a really nice play. And, of course, Howard making the catch could put a smile on anyone's face. And then the same play probably about five minutes later, but this time they kept it to Miller, and it was an easy, uh, easy touchdown. I think Kevin White had a good block along the outside on the corner to seal it off. But, yeah, it's uh, the Bears' offense down there. If they can keep that kind of misdirection, that creativity, uh, we should be able to put up more points uh, this season to definitely a year ago. But uh, one last big-picture question. This is going to be for offense or defense, Andrew. Uh, what, like I said at the top of the show, one week into the Hall of Fame game, after watching today's practice, if you had to maybe like diagnose one thing you want this team to work on and kind of clean up before next week, what would that be? I just, I just want to. What I want to see them do is, and I know that if anybody out there listens to the the Hogan Johns podcast, they kind of alluded to the fact that they are, you know, cycling through the skill position players on offense, and that is throwing off the timing a little bit. So, what I'd like to see them do, at least heading into the first preseason game, is to let's start getting the depth charts, you know, sorted out a little bit, so that you know Trubisky is throwing to maybe five or six guys consistently as opposed to 12 or 13 that he's throwing to now. And I'm just talking about wide receivers. I'm not even talking about backs and, <laughs> yeah. and, and tight ends. So, you know, I, I think it's good to get some of these other guys, you know, like Shaheen is, is kind of taking reps through all three teams right now just to get extra reps. Um, but I, I want to see, you know, Burton, Shaheen, and Sims on the field. I want to see, you know, Howard, Cohen, and Cunningham. I want to see uh, Robinson, White, Miller, Gabriel, you know, and I guess maybe a little bit of, of Bellamy or Fowler, who, whichever you're going to, you know, try to be battling it out for that special teams, you know, end of the wide receiver roster spot, you know, kind of deal. So I, I want to see them narrow that down a little bit so they he can get on the same page with all these guys and just you know throw to the guys he's going to be throwing to during the season because mm -hmm. right now it's just it's too spread out and there's too much confusion going on so and I also think that Nagy is throwing a lot at these guys and and seeing how much they can handle and then he, he'll pair it back when when he sees them struggling like today they struggled so tomorrow at camp, I wouldn't be surprised if the offense did really well because he's probably going to say, all right, we struggled doing this, this, and this. We're going to ditch that for right now, and we're going to focus on the stuff that these guys are doing well. Let's get them a good day in practice. Uh, so I would fully expect them to be much better tomorrow. But, yeah, that's what i like to see him clean up. Yeah, I couldn't say any better myself. Just some sort of chemistry, building that up, I think would be definitely huge for the offense. 
All right, Andrew, I want to go like position by position here, and we'll just start with the offense since we've kind of been talking about them for a bit. And, you know, we talked about Trubisky a little bit with quarterback. Uh, we talked about his inaccuracy. He's still a little bit, uh, you know, inconsistent with it. Uh, throughout camp, the big thing's been he's been leaving balls short. There was a couple times even today where I saw him sailing a couple throws across uh, on the sideline. Uh, so, of course, he's just uh, a little inaccurate, which, again, goes with the point you're making, uh, playing with like 12, 13 different receivers, only at wide receivers. So, again, it's hard to really establish much timing, much chemistry. Uh, but a question for you is, do you think he's holding onto the ball too long? Because, I, I mean, definitely he is, but it's, like you said earlier, uh, he's going through his reads, he's going through his progression. Vic Fangio's not making it easy for him. Uh, but, like, during 7-on-7's seven seven's team drills, uh, do you want to see him get rid of that ball quicker? I think the easy answer is yes, but is that, like, expected right now to see him kind of holding onto it too long? Without having any intimate knowledge of what specifically Matt Nagy and, you know, the offensive coaches are asking of Mitch Trubisky. I'm going to say that the likely, the likely answer is that, yeah, they're probably asking him to get through his reads because the worst thing that you can do is to quote unquote, look great in, in training camp by constantly throwing into your first or second read. So you're always going to look good. You're always going to look sharp if you're doing that. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have some incomplete passes, sure, but it's going to look, you know, on target and on time consistently. But in real game situations, you're not going to have that luxury all the time. So what I've seen from him is him working on his footwork and his mechanics of switching from the right side to the left side and vice versa, depending on where his first read is. So, I think it's I think it's by design. It, it, that's just the way that I'm I'm watching this and seeing, sure. you know, or, or he could be getting a, you know a message from a coach before the play and saying, you know, hey, look on this play, you know, we really like you to get it to Taylor Gabriel on this play, and he's your third read. So just go through your progressions like you would, and then get it to him. And because he's working on footwork and different things like that, he's processing all this still. It, it looks a little slower than you might see it during the season when you're, that mental clock starts to go. And that comes with, with, with game reps. I mean, he's not going to get that down in training camp. He'll get that down in, in the preseason. So I'm not super worried about it right now. If, if he's still doing it during the third preseason game or the well fourth this year, I guess, the fourth preseason game, um, then I'll start to worry about it. Yeah, no, all makes great sense there, Andrew. And uh, Tyler Bray, I mean, there's not a lot I can talk about Chase Daniel today, uh, but Tyler Bray, I think he was visibly struggling today. I know you were tweeting about that as well. Uh, with all these struggles that he's had early on, you know, the big talk has been, will the Bears keep three quarterbacks? Will they only do two? And I know Bray understands the system, and he should be able to kind of grasp things a little bit quicker. But if he struggles like this, do you see him just being the odd man out here and the Bears just deciding to go with the two quarterbacks? That before camp started, I, I had a feeling that they were going to only go with two quarterbacks. But after watching him, I mean, it, it's not it's not good. Um, he he just he's missing open receivers, and he's not. There's no timing. There's no rhythm. There's no chemistry whatsoever when he's running the offense. So my guess is, yeah. I mean, this may have even been the, the deal when when he finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. 
For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. He was signed is, because he was kind of a late sign uh, in the offseason, is that, hey, you're, you're in here to help Mitch. And you are in here to help us with the, the system you know, and getting it implemented and installed and all that jazz, you know, help in the quarterback room. That's your job on this team. If we decide to keep you, we decide to keep you. If we don't, you know, you, you're free to sign wherever you want. But um, I just, I can't see him making this team. I just, I, I don't, I don't think that you need a third quarterback when you have Chase Daniel on your roster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, if it's it's kind of hard to you know use that extra roster spot for a guy who, even though he might be like a an extra mentor to Trubisky, uh, if he's not going to be able to provide much outside of that, eh, I definitely get your points there. Let's switch over to running back though, Andrew. I'm curious uh, if you had one takeaway from the Bears running backs today at practice, what should Bears fans know about? Oh man, um, well, really two, and I'll just you know, breeze over this because you already mentioned it, but Jordan Howard looks much more natural catching the ball. Um, I don't know how much that's going to translate to games, but he looks much more natural doing it, at least as, as far as his hand placement. So that being said, uh, the guy who really had had a day today was Ryan Nall. Yeah. Um, he had himself a, a monster practice today. So for, for all those folks out there who are hoping that he was going to stick around as the fourth running back and, and potentially even supplant Michael Burton as the fullback on the roster, you know, you, you might be getting your wish because he looked pretty good. And if he can play fullback and, and be a lead blocker, he offers you a lot of versatility from that spot because he has enough speed. He took, he took two, uh, one swing pass and one, one run the distance. So, I mean, He's got enough speed to do it. I mean, he's not he's not a slow guy for his size, but he's got natural hands. He looks good catching the ball. So he could be a heck of a weapon if they decide to, you know, 86 the, the fullback and um, you know, keep an extra hybrid running back, fullback, tight end kind of guy, H-back, what do you want to call it? Yeah, I mean, I'm calling it the new age fullback. You know, the position that's going extinct, and I think finding players like Nall might be the way to kind of keep it alive at least for a little while longer but you've already talked about it he had a couple really big plays today a long touchdown run a really good uh, run after the catch off a swing route and on top of that when the bears were down in the goal line they used him primarily as like a short yardage back so a lot of versatility there uh, coming from ryan all and uh, i just wanted to mention Tariq cohen he had a really nice play today along the sidelines he was lined up um, outside, uh, Kwiatkowski was in coverage, and he had just no chance against Cohen's speed. It was a really good ball by Trubisky, uh, putting it on the sideline. But, yeah, uh, Cohen uh, making deep plays as a receiver, which is something that we've seen throughout camp, not primarily used as a running back. So just something to keep in mind, Bears fans. Moving over to wide receiver, uh, Allen Robinson, he was back today at full pads, but he was limited, I would say. Uh, he started off practice being fairly active, but as practice wore on, he was more on the sidelines of watching things unfold. Uh, he did have a nice diving snag over the middle, and he followed that up with another catch. So Allen Robinson, uh, when he's out there, he's looking like he can be a productive receiver and someone that Trubisky definitely wants to target. Uh, what about you, Andrew? Looking at the receivers, uh, Gabriel, Miller, um, if you want to talk Josh Bellamy, I'm going to give you the floor to do so. Uh, what kind of stood out to you? 
I, I, I'm just having this love affair with Anthony Miller right now. Yeah, uh, I think everybody guy, is. Everybody yeah, is. He is. Wow. I mean, I'll tell you, somebody asked me on, on, on Twitter today. They were, you know, I, I mentioned something about Anthony Miller. And he says, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because does that mean our cornerbacks stink? And I said, no, our corners, our defensive backs are having a heck of a camp. I mean, they are playing really really well and the secondary is playing awesome right now and that's that's not just the first string i mean that's the second string you know all the way down they're playing very well so um anthony miller is the one guy who just consistently beats everybody it doesn't matter who's across from him. it doesn't matter if it's fuller or mukamara if it's uh callahan or leblanc or yeah that you know, big play against Cooper today yeah yeah i mean he's just he doesn't care if it's if he's double covered, he doesn't care if there's traffic. He doesn't care if he's going to get hit. He doesn't care, you know, if he has to get his feet in bounds. He, he gets him in. Like I, I just it doesn't seem to be anything he can't do. And and you watch him walk around, and, and you see, you know, the, the the body type that he has and everything. And you go, I, I, if I had to put money on it, I I'd, I'd bet on him being a stud, a star, you know. Yeah, last so. year, real quick, last year this time, you and I were kind of catching glances, raising some eyebrows uh, with Tariq Cohen, and the spark he was able to provide this team right out of the gate at training camp. Would you compare this to these two? Because I definitely do. It feels a lot like what Tariq Cohen was able to do. I know they play different positions, but just like the spark factor that both players bring. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then you throw in Taylor Gabriel on top of that, and it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive because – those seem to be the the twitchy guys that are out there that, you know, I, I've been tweeting this out a lot, too, about the fact that they're running a lot of jet sweeps and whether or not that's they're actually giving the ball to the back or the or the receiver that's going on the jet sweep is beside the point. The fact is that there is that motion pre-snap mm-hmm. and then there's that confusion at the mesh point where you could give it to that player or you could keep it or you can hand it to the running back or you can pull it out and just throw it. I mean, there's a lot that they're doing with this right now and they're, they're spending time practicing that, that particular mesh. So all three of those guys have been running that jet sweep motion and it's been a good way to get, you know, they're using Miller and Gabriel and Cohen as, as an outlet. They're almost sticking them in the flat where nobody really follows them at that point. You know, they're kind of like, Oh, well, you know, they're not going to throw the ball to the flat. And all of a sudden you're going to give that guy 10 yards of cushion, maybe 15 yards of cushion in the flat. Well, those guys are going to burn you one-on-one in the open field. So I uh, I, I really like that creativity. And, and I didn't see a whole lot of that with the Chiefs or the Eagles last year, not not to this extent. So I, I have to tip the cap to Mark Helfrich for bringing that from Oregon because that's something that Oregon did a ton of. So I'm, I'm going to have to have to hand it to him on that one. Yeah, it's interesting. You talked about how they you're using these guys in the flat, and when I was watching practice today, there were a few times when Trubisky was going through his reads, uh, and the whole defense is kind of you know biting, say left, and then he finds Miller right in the flat, and then Miller takes it and turns it up for a ten yard gain. I'm like, you know, that's a pretty good play. I'll take that, you know, all day if it means you know you're just going to keep moving the sticks. It doesn't have to be flashy, but it still gets the job done. Um, but yeah, Miller on top of uh, doing the short things today, he had that really big catch against uh, Marcus Cooper along the sideline, about thirty yards downfield with uh, Cooper had a hand in Miller's face and Miller was able to keep, you know keep the focus 
have the strong hands, catch it, keep both feet in bounds. It's really impressive. And then Taylor Gabriel, today was probably my favorite day that I've seen out of him. I saw him make catches at all three levels. He was either making a catch downfield uh, in, in the intermediate game or he was just taking a screen pass and turning it upfield for a decent gain as well. So uh, Taylor Gabriel is someone who, uh, I, you know, he's had uh, good days. He's had some maybe not some active days, but with the Bears, of course, you mentioned rotating all these guys. It's easy for someone to kind of take a – in a little bit of a backseat for a little bit, but of course, Gabriel's someone who we want to see very active in this offense. Uh, so real quick, before we move on to tight end, Andrew, I'm curious about your thoughts about the bottom depth here, because I thought Marlon Brown had his best practice to date. Benny Fowler, he, I saw him out there with the starters, and even, you know, Javon Wims, he had himself a very nice play or two today. And of course, Josh Bellamy. Uh, I think I'm seeing him on the receiving end of quite a few, uh, quite a few throws, you know, like it or not, but I know I don't know how often I'm going to have you on the show throughout uh, preseason. Uh, that's something that we still need to work out ourselves. So while I have you, who do you like for that fi- final spot? Yeah, real quick before we move on to uh, the bottom of the, the depth chart, just a quick note on Allen Robinson. Uh, you mentioned that he was active early and wasn't really in the team drills. Today was today was really the first day that they were they were hitting hitting. I mean, true, true. there were some licks out there today, and they were tackling to the ground. So. I think that that was more of a precaution, so not to worry anybody about Allen Robinson's health. He looked perfectly fine. You know, he was just off to the side, you know, chit-chatting with the guys. He looked looked fine early in practice. So nothing to worry about there. Just wanted to, you know, clarify that so nobody's wondering about Allen Robinson. Good call, call, Andrew. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, as far as the bottom of the depth chart, I think it it comes down to – I'm pegging – the Bears to keep six wide receivers. I, I think the, there's four locks right now. I think that's, you know, pretty pretty evident that Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, uh, Anthony Miller, and Kevin White are going to make this team. I don't see Kevin White getting cut. I just he's playing. He's in that top six in my opinion as far as play, and he's got five point two million dollars guaranteed. That, you know, mm-hmm. that's not going anywhere, whether you cut him or not. So. Um, Beyond that, I think you're 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 really looking at two battles. You're looking at or all three battles. You're looking at the battle one is between Benny Fowler and Josh Bellamy for that, you know, kind of fifth, sixth spot where they're the special teams, you know, their core special teamer. They're on all the different special teams units. Uh, right now, I think Benny Fowler is playing better as a receiver than Josh Bellamy. Josh Bellamy's open all the time. That's never been his problem. He just doesn't catch the ball. And that's still an issue for him. So as it stands right now, I have to give a slight nod to, to Benny Fowler. I don't think he's set himself apart necessarily, but but Josh Bellamy is just, you're getting to the point where do you want, A, the attitude, and B, do you want to deal with the the drops? I mean, he doesn't he doesn't offer you that much on special teams, and, and Fowler's pretty darn good too. So um, that's where I'm at with that spot. And then as far as, you know, the, the last spot, you're kind of fighting between, you know, all these bottom of the roster guys who are one's going to probably make the team and the rest of them are fighting for a uh, practice squad spot. Now, Tanner Gentry actually had a nice day today. Um, I, I hate to go there, but, you know, he yeah, had a nice sometimes day. you got to do it. You have to give him his yeah. credit. And he was catching catching balls from Trubisky, too. It's not like he was catching balls from Tyler Bray. So um, th- that was nice to see. I, I still think he's probably a guy that's going to end up on the practice squad again. 
I have him pegged for the practice squad. I think Marlon Brown is a guy that's going to end up on the practice squad as well. The rest of them really haven't done anything, you know, to Marcus Sayers and, you know, some of these other guys. They're just – they really haven't stood out to me at all. Uh, but I do think Javon Wims is, is a guy who's going to make the 53. I He's – He's just such a big body, such a red zone threat, and when he goes up 50-50 balls, he comes down with them. Now, he struggles a little bit with his route running. He's not the smoothest guy. He's he's late to the, the position, so he's going to have to work on that, and, and you just have to carry him knowing that situation. But I think you can get a lot out of him if you use him as primarily a red zone threat early on in his career. So I, I, that's how I see this shaking out. Yeah, you know, with him being so new to football, the one thing I saw early on at training camp, especially last weekend uh, with Wims, is that sometimes he'd be a little lost during plays. He didn't know exactly where he was supposed to line up or if he was supposed to go in motion uh, and all that. But today I didn't really see any of that. It seemed like he had the better grasp, at least what the offense was trying to do today. We'll see how that kind of transpires again tomorrow. But, I mean, he's new, but I think he's a smart kid, and he's going to be able to pick it up uh, quicker rather than later. Uh, transitioning over to the tight end, I don't have a lot of notes here. The one I have is that uh, Trey Burton today, he was just being used underneath like all day long. Uh, anything you want to mention? I mean, of course, Burton, he's going to be that security blanket, but I didn't see anything from him you know, overly like past the sticks. It was more like within five yards or less kind of range. You already talked about the Shaheen touchdown. I saw Daniel Brown make one good catch during one-on-ones, but I think that was against like a second or a third string safety. Uh, but anything tight end wise that you want to mention worth today? Yeah. You know, they, they were really tight end heavy uh, last Saturday when I was there and today, not so much. They were mm-hmm. very wide receiver heavy. So like I said, I, I, I think they're just, still installing so much of this offense and every day they're they're throwing completely new plays at these players or ones that they haven't seen since OTAs or something like that. So I think they're trying to work on specific things on specific days. And and that's what I mean anybody who's played sports or football, they they understand that look, practice is it's practice. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. They're not doing this for our enjoyment. They're doing it to get better at football. So I think that today was really, really all about the wide receivers. I mean, they didn't didn't really run the ball much. They didn't throw to the backs much. um, And they really didn't use the tight ends much, except for, you know, in the red zone a little bit. So, and and like you said, Burton was a security blanket. I saw Shaheen catch a couple of short passes. Um, Let's see, Broniker was out today. Uh, Sims caught a couple of short passes too. But that was pretty much it. There wasn't there wasn't a whole lot with with the tight ends today. So I I, I don't think that that's going to be what we see during the season. I think we're going to see a very tight end heavy offense. I just think that today was let's separate the you know the wheat from the chaff as yeah, far as the wide receivers are concerned. So yeah, no, exactly. It makes total sense. Here. Yeah, I was like I. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
throwing blanks on my nose for tight ends on my drive home. It's like, yeah, I didn't really see him do too much. And I'm, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one, but Andrew, let's move over to offensive line. And I know you didn't have the best view of the goal line drills. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Would you believe me if I told you I watched Jordan Morgan demolish Eddie Goldman? Uh, It was insane. Plowed right through him, took him right down to the turf. I had no clue who it was. And I, he stood up and I saw 67. I was like, Damn, Jordan, I didn't know he had it in him. But, yeah, what, what, what do you think that uh, kind of uh, sheds light on for maybe Jordan Morgan's future? Because that's not anything I would ever uh, anticipate from Jordan Morgan taking down our starting nose tackle. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a Jordan Morgan fan. Uh, when I watched his tape coming out of college after we drafted him, I mean, he was on my radar prior to the draft. But once we drafted him, I always go back and watch tape on, on draft picks and stuff. So, uh, what I liked about Morgan's film is that he's really, he's really a nasty player, you know, nasty like I, w- I don't want to say the last year or two of Kyle Long, but but early in his career, Kyle Long, where he'd get getting guys' faces and he'd kind of, you know, maybe wasn't dirty, but maybe gave you a little extra something, you know, at the end of a play or something like that. So it doesn't surprise me that, that he could, you know, take down Eddie Goldman. And to be perfectly honest, Eddie Goldman, I, I think, might be a little bit lighter this year. He looks thinner than he did last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if that was by design. And, and I'm not – I don't think that that necessarily affects his strength all that much. And I, I'm not, you know, saying that that's, you know – easier for Jordan Morgan to throw him down, but I, that's something else that I didn't notice. So I wonder if they're not um, trying some different things on the, on the front, you know, the defensive front, just to, you know, thin out Eddie Goldman a little bit, because that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. So that's good stuff there about Morgan. You know, the tenacity is something that uh, you mentioned, and it's something that is definitely on display with Eddie, but we'll see how that all comes out, of course. But it was a, it was a surprise play from Jordan Morgan and of course uh, we'll see what happens throughout the preseason with them. Uh, I want to move over to center because I don't know if you noticed but Jaronis Grasso, he was absent for the second half of practice. I don't know if it's an illness, uh, if something's not feeling right or what have you. I don't really want to speculate um, but I want to talk about the impact that could have because they had afterwards uh, James Daniels playing center for the second and the third string offense and I'm wondering your thoughts about how this can affect his maybe uh, development here throughout training camp because there's someone who they really want uh, they really want Morgan at guard and for him to have to play center with both the second and the third strings uh, I can't help but wonder if that's going to kind of like hinder his development unless they bring someone else, else to play center or have Eric Cush play second string center but if say you know Grisou has to miss some time how do you think that'll affect Daniels? I don't, I don't think it's going to affect him too much as long as is Daniels is still getting reps at at uh, left guard, which is where it appears that he's going to play. I I thought yesterday that that perhaps they would move Kyle Long back over to left guard again because he was playing both spots. So I, I wasn't sure what their the plan was, but he played right guard only today. So I'm guessing that Daniels is going to end up being the left guard at the start of the season. But that being said, I I do think that they want Daniels to be. A center in the future and if there is any kind of injury um, to Whitehair or potentially even Kyle Long again they might be better served to 
move Daniels to a, a more natural position and move Whitehair over where he might be a little bit stronger, uh, you know, just at the point of attack and, and the fact that uh, he's been in the league a little bit longer. So I think it might be easier for him to, to move around. So I, I don't think this is this is a, a bad thing for him. I, I, he's getting extra reps with, you know, getting the, the line calls and calling up Mike and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's, it's only going to be good for him in the long run and having him being versatile. But I, I honestly don't know what happened with Grassu. I, I never noticed him out there the whole day, so I wasn't I wasn't even aware that he was there in the morning. So um, I, I don't know. That's something to monitor, but uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It is what it is. We'll figure it out again. I don't want to speculate on what it could or couldn't be, but uh, yeah, Jordan Morgan, uh, if he is gonna, I mean, Jordan Morgan, geez, look at me, James Daniels, if he is gonna be playing center, the one thing I do want him to be working on is uh, his uh, snap out of the gun. There's been a handful throughout practice, uh, throughout camp, really, uh, that's been a little bit high. Uh, even going over, like, Tyler Bray, he's, like, the tallest quarterback we have. Uh, his had an occasion. I saw a few today that went a little haywire. So, uh, for Daniel, I think that would be the big one is kind of coming down out of the gun with his snaps. But, Andrew, I want to go ahead for the sake of time. Let's transition over to defense, and we'll begin with the defensive line. Uh, again, today was more about the receivers, uh, very heavily uh, targeted towards the passing game today. Like you said, not a lot of running the football, um, not even a ton of like in team drills, not a lot of things to take away from the defensive line today. Uh, the one thing I noticed was Bullard and Roy Robertson-Harris continuing to uh, share snaps with the one, which is good because Bullard on Monday was uh, primarily working with the twos and threes, so he's getting back into the one. But uh, anything with the defensive line that you would like to note from today? Yeah, I mean, there, there wasn't a ton. Um, when when the Bears did decide to run the ball, this was in, in team drills when they were both, you know, tackling to the ground and just wrapping up. It seemed like the running game didn't really get going for the offense. So I think that's a good sign for, for the defensive line. Um, you know, that it's, it's tough when you're watching your team play itself because you're like, well, on the one hand, the defense stopped the offense, but on the other hand, the offense couldn't move the ball. So it, it's, it's kind of one of those where if I was, you know, just staring at the line, I thought that the the defensive line just played well today and the outside linebackers played pretty well today too. Um, so yeah, I, I think the D line was stout and that's, that's always good to see. Yeah. Uh, they, they exactly, like you said, when the, when the bears, when they tried to run the ball today, couldn't get a lot of momentum going, not a lot of holes being opened up. So of course, testament to the defensive line as a whole. I want to talk about Bilal Nichols just real quick. I saw him out there primarily with the threes. Um, I know as someone, he was a fifth rounder, so we're going to be patient with him. Uh, is that concerning to you uh, yet that he's still at the threes, not getting much look with the second string yet, or still plenty of time ahead? Still plenty of time. I mean, look, uh, other than uh, other than uh, Anthony Miller, every one of the rookies has been you know kind of buried on the depth chart a little bit, and with the expectation at least for most people who followed the team is that is that Daniels is going to eventually be the starting guard on this team uh, across from, from Kyle Long. So I, I, I'm not putting too much stock into that. I 
think Bilal Nichols makes the team, and I think he is part of that rotation. Uh, part of that could be to that Vic Fangio just doesn't like to rotate his defensive linemen as much as I think we all would like. So I that's think Akeem Hicks can agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Akeem Hicks could definitely agree with me. So. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not concerned about that. I've seen some people say that that they were watching, you know, the one-on-one drills and that Bilal Nichols looks really good. So, you know, I really like the player. I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's. I think Ryan Pace is just just knocking it out of the park in the fifth round. I mean, he's really done well there. So, I think that's another player that, that you look at and you go, okay, this could be another. You know, Amos Howard, um, uh, who was our uh, last year was Morgan. Morgan last year, yeah. So, yeah, I was just getting Amos Howard, but whatever. (laughs) Still, that's you're doing pretty good if you get a a three-year starting safety and uh, the guy who's you know number three in rushing yards in the NFL since he's been in the league uh, out of the fifth round, and you know, of course, if you get a rotational defensive, you know, defensive lineman out of Bilal Nichols. I think you're doing pretty well there too. So, yeah, I'll take it. There we go. All right, looking at the outside linebackers, you said they had a pretty good day. So I'm going to run through my notes and I'll hand it over to you for what you want Bears fans to take away. Uh, Leonard Floyd, uh, he was more inactive today than I thought he'd be. Uh, he partook in some drills, but uh, he was pretty much off to the side, especially during team drills uh, without his helmet. Again, don't know what that is. I'm just stating a fact. That's what we saw today. Uh, then you have Kylie Fitz. I saw him out there with a the starting unit, probably due to Leonard Floyd not being out there, but uh, I saw a couple splashes from him today. One was a really nifty, I'm going to call it swifty. I'm going to try to make that word a thing. Uh, inside move <laughs> on Bobby Massey. Uh, he got into the backfield in a hurry uh, early on during team drills. And then Isaiah Irving, he also flashed a couple times today. At one time, I saw him smoke right past Bobby Massey uh, with his speed. Uh, also dis- displayed some good moves. And honestly, thinking about that, maybe Bobby Massey just had a bad day. But uh, after both of got gotten beat by both of those guys. And then my surprise player at this position group today was Elijah Norris. Uh, he was making some serious thunder during individual drills early on in practice. He really got, uh, at least the section I was sitting in, uh, really kind of got them ramped up. Uh, he was just very strong at the point of attack there. He was kind of bullying the tight ends that he went up against. And then later on in team drills, he did come away with an interception. So Elijah Norris, someone who kind of made a name today for himself out there at practice. But just looking at the outside guys, Andrew, anything else that I maybe missed or that you noticed? The one, one thing that I did notice is, and it is something that I've kind of been critical of Vic Fangio for in the past, and that's the amount of coverage that he has the outside linebackers in. And it's it's not so much the fact they're co- you know covering somebody, it's how they're covering them. If you want to run a zone coverage and have them in the flat, that's fine. What I don't want to see is what I saw last year, and that's, you know, Sam Macho covering a slot receiver down the seam. Yes, yeah. that's, that's not a, that's not a good recipe for uh, for success right there. I mean, that's like you know Nick Wikowski was covering Tariq Cohen on that that play you mentioned earlier, no and, and I I turned to the people next to me and I said Kwiatkowski's on is covering Cohen. I said if I'm the quarterback, I'm not looking anywhere else because he's going to blow past them, you know, ten yards down the the, the field and. Is going to be open, which he was. So, I think that's something that, that I I want to take away. I saw 
you know, the, the outside linebackers doing a little bit of coverage in the flat, which was nice. I saw there was a chip and then, you know, kind of a, you know, get out to the flat kind of, kind of move that they were doing, which as long as that's what they're doing, Leonard Floyd's a different situation. I think he can, he can do more things, but the rest of these guys, I don't want to see them, you know, carrying backs and tight ends, you know, down the field because they can't keep up with them athletically. So uh, that's the first thing. And then I just want to reiterate what you were saying about Kylie Fitz. I thought that, uh, that he had a really nice practice today. He was, he was quick off the ball. He was very strong at the point of attack. Uh, he just wreaked havoc in there. So, I mean, even if he didn't get to the quarterback, he was, he was collapsing the pocket from his side. So, you know, Aaron Lynch is still out. We really don't know what, what he's going to be. Um, so Kylie Fitz is a guy that I, I think they're depending on. And if today was any indication, I, I think, I think if my fingers are crossed, I'm knocking on wood, they might be okay. So, well, you better find that wood and start knocking because it is <laughs> extremely thin at the position. And of course, yes, uh, everything needs to work out just perfectly for it to happen. I heard Aaron Lynch, I think on my way home on the radio, I think it was 670. Uh, I think they said that Aaron Lynch and Danny Trevathan are close to returning, which of course is good news for Bears fans. But right now, looking at inside backer, I don't have any notes today too much on the players that are out there. That's really, I think I saw what I saw last week from the inside backers with the Kukowski team, team and everybody. Um, but still the big one is that we're down three linebackers on the inside. No Iggy, he's still out. And of course, Trevathan, he's working his way back. And then Roquan Smith, he's not signed. So Andrew, uh, I don't know where I want to take this. We haven't really discussed the Roquan contract situation too much because like last weekend I was like, eh, it's still early. Things should be ready by the time we get to now. But now we're here. He's still not signed. Like, when do we start getting a little uncomfortable here? Are we there? I think we're starting to get to be uncomfortable. I was – they had that, you know, the day off yesterday and then the closed practice the day before. So I, I it felt like coming into today – was the perfect time to announce the signing and have him out there for his first practice and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, that's a little disconcerting because I would like to see him play in the Hall of Fame game. So I don't think you can have him play if he doesn't practice before this weekend is over and keep in mind there is no practice on Sunday it's they're practicing again tomorrow and Saturday so if he doesn't at the very least practice on Saturday then and then the rest of the week after that I I don't think he can play in that game and then it gets finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Worrisome because then you're missing out on a lot of reps, a lot of game reps. And... You know, they're against backup players, but still, I mean, it's still NFL football. It's still a higher level than he's ever played before. So I think that that's important for him. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, every every rep matters for every rookie, even if you're a top 10 pick. You know, just getting the experience, getting out there, adjusting to the game speed. I think Roquan to be fine, but it's, it's, there's a difference being fine and being ready to go. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, you know, he gets here soon. Uh, it's kind of out of our hands. So that's why I'm just kind of like, you know, playing the wait and see game. But I'm tired of waiting and I'm ready to see. So hopefully that kind of turns around soon. But Andrew... Switching our focus over to the secondary, uh, I'm going to give you a few of my notes. Uh, Prince, uh, you saw those two interceptions that he had off of Trubisky yeah. back-to-back, by the way. So, you know, he had that lofty goal for interceptions, and so far in camp he's gotten a few. I mean, maybe f- three to four now, if, if my count's correct. So, he's Yeah, I've a, seen him have three, so he's yeah. at least got that. So, I mean, if he's doing that now in camp, I mean, of course, is there a difference doing it in practice and doing it in games? I don't even remember him doing it during practice last year. So it's at least a step in the right direction for Prince. Uh, Kyle Fuller, I thought he had a pretty quiet day. He was kind of rarely picked on, which is kind of what we want to see out of Fuller. Uh, Doran Grant, he uh, the second-year pro of Ohio State, for those wondering who he is again. Uh, I saw him working with the two today, opposite of Marcus Cooper. Um, Andrew, did you maybe see anything out of Grant worth noting? I know... Uh, if Kevin Tolliver, if he was a little, if he was active today, I'm sure that would have been his role. But uh, Grant kind of got a shot today. Did he make anything of it? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think he was. He was. Um, I don't remember him making any plays, and yeah, I don't same. remember him being targeted a ton. I think Marcus Cooper was was the guy that was kind of picked on a little bit on the second team. Um, as far as as far as you know, second team corners go. Uh, I, I will say that, um, uh, and the name is escaping me. It's the kid out of. Uh, Give me a school. It's the D three. It's like a D three school. Is Joseph? Uh, yeah, Michael Joseph. Michael Joseph. There you go. Um, he had some nice plays today, and I think that that's a guy that, you know, if I'm Craven LeBlanc, and maybe even probably not Bryce Callahan, but if I'm Craven LeBlanc, and I'm you know, Marcus Cooper and I'm DeAndre Hall and I'm a couple of these other guys, I'm starting to get worried because those two Tolliver and Joseph look like they're players and they're playing pretty, pretty well in in camp so far. And, you know, we've all talked about Tolliver, but, but Joseph has been making a lot of plays on the ball and he's really in that, that Vic Fangio mold, you know, he's long and long arms he had a lot of a lot of interceptions in college. I mean, yeah, it was it was uh, you know it wasn't D one school, but right, uh, you know, he's still getting his hands on an awful lot of passes, and I just yeah, I mean, I I can't wait to see those guys in the preseason. I think that's going to really sort this out. But but yeah, but Joseph is a guy that I I really liked, and um, he had a nice practice today. Yeah, no doubt. What about safety? I know that, you know, the starting duo of Amos and Jackson, they were pretty solid for the most part of practice. And then mm-hmm. backups, you have Bush and DeAndre Houston Carson. I think out of those two, DHC was, uh, the, you know, the weakest link. And uh, I know that's a spot that uh, DeAndre Hall, he kind of was starting off as the in the second safety duo. But uh, since then, he has not really been back there. It's been more of uh, Houston Carson and, of course, Bush. But anything in the safeties worth noting today? Uh, I, again, with the kid, it was just so hard to keep an eye on all 90 guys. Yeah, I, I thought that DeAndre Houston Carson actually looked okay today. He was the dime back when they went in, in, into a, a dime look that they went into a couple different times that I noticed. And, and he was the first guy, you know, that was off the bench. So I thought that was kind of interesting. 
Um, another note is, as you mentioned, DeAndre Hall is listed on the website as a cornerback, but he is playing safety, and it appears that he has moved over to strong safety. And uh, Jeremy Mincy, who was signed out of the CFL, and a lot of folks thought might be here to take Bryce Callahan's spot as the nickelback, has been playing free safety. So that's an interesting development. I was not expecting to see that Um Another guy, so two guys who I thought didn't look particularly great today were uh, Deion Bush and Nick Orr, uh, who's the undrafted for agent at TCU. Right. I, I'm a big fan of Nick Orr. I, I think he's going to be a good football player at some point. Uh, he and, and Bush had a really bad mix-up today, and um, you know it led to an, an easy touchdown. So. That's got to get cleaned up. I, I saw Ed Donatel run over and start talking to those guys. So, I'll, you know, we'll see what, what comes of that. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. It, it looked like the safety depth chart was really thin. And all of a sudden, there's a lot more safeties than, than we we thought. So, yeah, I, I didn't – none of them really stuck out to me. Um, Amos had a nice hit today. Yeah. He kind of uh, – I can't remember who he who he decked, but he decked somebody pretty good. And then, um, yeah, that was it. There wasn't a whole lot, whole lot going on. Might have been the Mazelle play. I know one Mazelle had the ball and he tried to do a spin move, and then uh, Amos just took out his legs right oh, that's under what, him. Yeah, you're right. It was Mazelle. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a good play by Amos uh, coming down to run support. But yeah, other than those things that you mentioned, I've already talked about. Again, pretty quiet day from the safeties overall, which is interesting considering how pass heavy the entire practice was. Uh, so lastly, let's go ahead and talk about special teams. Uh, just a few notes over here. I saw them working on field goals near the end of practice. Uh, Parkey, I will admit he was a little bit more inconsistent than I would have hoped for. I saw him push a few, like at least two to three uh, wide right in the 40s range. Uh, then the Bears also put some time on uh, with kickoffs and kick returns. Uh, the returners that I saw primarily, at least early on, were Tariq Cohen, Benny Cunningham, and Anthony Miller. Uh, but again, take that forward; it's worth. It's a very large rotation right now, so it's kind of let preseason uh, let that kind of get sorted out. But what I want to mention with kickoffs, and I've been kind of keeping an eye on with kickoffs because they're very interesting with the new rules um, and how they're getting coached and how like the strategy is changing. What I saw was a fair amount of very high hanging, kind of short kicks. Did you notice that as well? And do you think that's a good strategy with like how much more condensed kickoffs are? Yeah, it's 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 interesting, and, and I did notice that, and and I don't know if that was, you know, Cody Parkey doing his best to make sure that, you know, they actually return the kicks. Uh, it's also possible that they didn't kick off from from the normal, you know, thirty. 30 yard line or wherever they kick off from these days. Um, yeah, they change it all the time now. I know it's possible that they just moved it back further to keep it from going, you know, into the, into the crowd. Um, so I don't know. I didn't see where they kicked off from, but yeah, I did notice that. I thought that was interesting. You know, that's something that you saw when Lovey Smith was here. Dave Tobe was the coordinator. They did tend to kick around the five yard line a lot and their coverage unit was really good. So it, it usually worked out pretty well for them. So with, with Chris Tabor here, I wonder if that's not going to be in their arsenal again, as far as kickoffs are concerned. 
Yeah. Again, we'll find out as it goes. Just something I wanted to note because it was like my top observation from kickoffs. And then you can tell there's a few players who are still struggling to grasp the fact that they can't have running starts because they're starting where the ball is. And I think it was DHC who actually at one point uh, just bolted right when Parkey was running up to make a kick. And then you just hear Tabor like, you're offside, which made the whole section, at least where I was sitting, kind of chuckle. But, uh, Andrew, that does it for our position-by-position recap. Any final thoughts on practice as a whole before we wrap things up? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to make, you know, one quick note about Cody Parkey. Um, he, I want to say he missed his first field goal, but after that he ripped off a number of kicks in a row. And those were all with Pat O'Donnell as the, the holder. So for those who don't know, the bears actually do have a second punter in camp. Um, his name is Ryan Winslow. Uh, he's a rookie out of the University of Pittsburgh. So those those kicks that you saw him pushing were when Ryan Winslow was holding. So I don't ah, know if look it was at just that. <laughs> they did go through a team one and team two on on field goals. So I wonder if that didn't have a little something to do with it because he kept he kept pushing him just wide right, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't like they were way off, but. Sometimes if the holder is holding it just a little different than you're used to, you're going to push the ball. And you know, it's like it's like playing golf. If your timing is just a little bit off, I mean, you're going to you know push or pull a ball pretty easily. So I think it may have just been a timing or even a placement issue between, you know, how O'Donnell does it and how Winslow is doing it. So I don't know. I'm just. That no, that's a great point. Observation. No, that's a great point. And even Tabor mentioned it throughout OTAs that, you know, the punting job is more than just punting. It also goes to holding and how you affect that part of special teams as well. So if O'Donnell can, of course, build that chemistry a little bit better with Parkey, uh, keep him more on the straight and narrow, then, of course, it's going to even give him a larger edge uh, than he probably already has to win this job. But, no, really keen insight there, of course. Uh, when I see a 6 or a 16, it's kind of hard to dis- – and they're both punters. It's kind of like, well – you kind of overlook it. Exactly. So I, I appreciate that. That's actually a really good point because I was upset at the kicker, but by looking at it from a different perspective, uh, you kind of can see that it might not always be the kicker's fault. So good job there, Andrew. My final thought real quick before we close out is I just want to reiterate the fact that just like how aggressive Nagy is with his coaching. And what I like is if something's not going exactly how he wants to go, he'll chirp back at some players. He'll yell at the players. Like, for instance, when they do team drills, they want to make sure that they're treating it just like a game. That meaning that the players are off of the sideline. They're behind, you know, the chalk. And a lot of times during practices and players, they get used to this over their careers. Uh, They kind of sneak onto the field, kind of snake around to get a better view. And every time that happens, you hear just, you hear Nagy yelling. uh, And it's been last weekend and it happened a few times today that you know if you're not on the field just get off and he like had to walk over to the sideline and kind of like you know like shove people away like get off the field please and it's it's refreshing to have a coach who will you know yell at his guys kind of you know raise his voice when he needs to do so because that's not something we saw under Tressman certainly nothing we saw under John Fox so for a coach to do that uh, and make sure things are going exactly how he wants it to go to me it's it's a it's a fun sign and of course just uh we talked about it all last weekend talk about it one more time they just pack so much in these practices they do a great job of making uh, every second count from the very moment that practice begins until two and a half hours later when it ends they get a lot of work done but uh andrew i think that's going to do it for me i want to thank you again uh for joining me for this training camp uh progress report here on july 26 it's been a lot of fun and uh hopefully i'll see you more this weekend absolutely man 
Always happy to be on. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Bears fans. I want to thank each and every one of you who took the time to listen to the show. And don't forget to show your support by reviewing the show on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. I saw a bunch of reviews come in since Cam started, and I just want to express our great appreciation for those. I'll be back tomorrow to break down Friday's practice, but until then, bear down, Chicago. Your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Let's go.